Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Hmm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Hey, Jonathan, do you want to record our next episode? Not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah me neither. <laughs> Man, the, the first time I saw this movie, I, didn't, I did not realize that that was a cover. Yeah, I thought it was straight up Tears for Fears. Yeah. And then I started looking at all the so- like here, listening to all the songs in the movie and realizing they're all they're all cover songs of like 80s 80s music. Yeah. Oh, 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 we're on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to episode 3 of Inside Quotes. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jonathan. And boy, do I have a great movie for you today. I decided to choose the movie Sky High. Oh, great pick. Some people might say it's the best Disney superhero film. Wouldn't you say so? No. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say so either. But if you ask me in second grade, uh, for sure. Absolutely. This was before Disney owned like every superhero either. Yeah. Otherwise, there might have been some crossover. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that the Spider-Man movie, superhero movies, Tobey Maguire were going to be up there but they weren't owned by disney and they never have been so the it's only well, yeah. real competition would be the incredibles which is yeah <laughs> let's not get into that same uh, same uh composer for this movie uh did did the incredibles michael giacchino did he really? yeah i don't think they released a official score for this but the soundtrack is all just the mm-hmm. re-recorded 80s covers interesting so it's a score and but, a soundtrack put together. Hybrid. Yeah. So, Jonathan, do you have any childhood memories that you have associated with this film? First time I saw this movie, I was trying to think about that while I was watching it. Um, either you bought this movie on DVD or we checked it out from the library and watched it. That's very possible. Remember. That's pretty possible, actually. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I know we watched I did not see this movie in theaters. I know that. After Blockbuster closed down, we had no way of renting movies. And then some, sometime, one, one day, Jonathan came home and was like, dude, do you know that they have movies for free at the library that we can check out? Yes. It's like Blockbuster, <laughs> but free. And I was like, you're talking gibberish. <laughs> and thus started a forever ongoing trip to the library. We definitely use that as our blockbuster, going to the public library, and checking out movies and for a long time. 
Yeah, I, I probably did buy it though. Yeah, either, I think you may have bought it, and and then I watched it because I read the tagline on it. Oh yeah, what was the tagline again? So I remember walking in Walmart and seeing this movie, and I was like, "Oh, look, a superhero movie. That sounds cool." And then it, I read the tagline, and it said, "A clever hybrid of Harry Potter and The Incredibles." And at the time, those are my two favorite movies. And I was like, there's no way this could be way better than both of those movies. It's it's a pretty good description. It honestly is. It it, it some would say it would uh rip off Harry Potter a lot, but I don't know. I think it it it, it has like a good premise mm-hmm. and it obviously borrows from a lot of different things. But I think it's unique enough to where it stands on its own. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite it's a little bit higher quality than a Disney Channel original movie, mm. but a little bit yeah, less just... than any other Disney movie. <laughs> it's a classic mid-tier Disney film. Yeah, I'd agree. I think when I was looking at some of the reviews for the movie, a lot of some of the criticisms were was that it looked like a made-for-TV movie. It does. Which I didn't I didn't really pick up on that, even re-watching it now. I think it still has enough production value to where it's, I don't confuse it with like a disney channel original movie well but the cgi in this is pretty pretty dated it is and i mean you gotta give cut it some slack i mean it was oh five this is when it came out yeah and watching this as adults we're used to 2020 2019 2020 style of cgi and explosions and stuff and we're kind of spoiled with that um but I did notice how like comic book like it was and how like childish all the effects were. (laughs) There were a lot of crappy green screen scenes. Yeah. Like when they're getting their power placement done and Larry builds up like he shows his power of being a rock. That just looks so cartoonish. And then, (laughs) oh, whenever he, he, uh, I don't know who it was, but the kid that turned into a ball. And he was like, sidekick. Oh, yeah. And that looks <laughs> that looked like the Pixar ball to me. <laughs> yeah, kind it, of. It was just so that was definitely the most animated looking thing. Yeah, a, a lot of parts of that scene. Um, and then a little bit later when when Will's being tested and he like drops the car on him and the car just mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't look very real either. No. But hey, that's high school. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Coach Boomer. What a character. This movie is full of characters. That was one of my notes too. It's there's so many characters and they're all amazing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should have focused more on the villain. <laughs> but it's definitely a classic I, I like to think of this as a cliche teen movie but oh yeah targeting tweens that are getting ready to be teens so i i have a hot take about this movie but i'll I'll save that for a little bit um do you want to read off like a premise or synopsis of the movie yeah yeah um on imdb it reads set in an era where superheroes are commonly known as and accepted young william stronghold the son of commander and Jetstream tries to balance between being a normal teenager and an extraordinary being. It's a superhero movie slash 80s teen movie. There's just a bunch of diverse characters, but not much 
character development. I had a hard time finding like some deeper themes and lessons learned. Because, I mean, they basically just flat out say it. And what is it? But hey, that's high school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. Um, one thing I noticed in uh, some of the dialogue was how, like, self-aware the movie was, kind of. Of, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, high school sucks and all this stuff. Right. Like, there was, like, a line when um, that Will says to Layla. Was that her name? Um, when they're like when they first get there and they're they're doing the sorting hat, I mean the hero sidekick <laughs> test. No, it's the sorting hat. Um, yeah, the sorting hat test. And 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 Layla's talking about, oh, this this isn't fair. And he's like, you know, if life were suddenly to get fair, I doubt it would happen in high school. This <laughs> is like, what high school yeah. kid says that? Like every high school kid is like excited about high school and like, I don't know. I don't know how many high schoolers, like freshmen, have this like jaded view about high school yet. I That's just definitely that, that a line worries me about their senior year. They should have done a sequel to this. This movie needs a sequel. It, yeah, it could have done, I agree. It could have done a Disney senior Plus. year, and it could have done. Yeah, they should make a Disney Plus show on this. It would. Um, I don't know if the quality would be any better, but um, they could make a senior year, and they could make it into like a university type thing. I think it'd yeah. Be good. I read about that on on Wikipedia. They so, can do Monsters University. They can do Superhero University. They could absolutely. Monsters University is a good movie. Stand by it. So on Wikipedia, there's a section about possible sequel and TV series. Um, apparently, the director Mike Mitchell in mm-hmm. 2019 said he is working on a sequel. Really? But, I mean, exciting. He's maybe he's writing a script. I don't know if that means anything but well, in that he case, did mention it's gonna be disney plus oh for sure yeah um but he did say that they kind of had sequel plans when they made the movie and that like a follow-up would have been called save you as save, save you? university like save university oh why do they <laughs> and it called featured... super you <laughs> well i don't know the movie didn't make enough money for them to 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 go that route so they never did but it basically would have been them graduating high school going to college maybe do a tv series but it didn't mm-hmm. take off the way that they had expected it to man well I'm, yeah i'm sure the kids in the hall weren't doing anything <laughs> so yeah if you didn't catch that reference there's two ki- there's two people in this movie that were from the sketch comedy group kids in the hall one was uh Kevin McDonald, who is the medulla guy with like the huge head. <laughs> who also voiced Pleakley in uh, Lilo and Stitch. Yes, yes. And um, also Dave Foley, who is um, the sidekick instructor, Mr. Boy. Mr. Boy. All American boy. Oh my gosh, what a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> Does your mom remember me? <laughs> Those two guys were both in the sketch comedy group, and it was it was kind of cool to see them in a in a few scenes together. Yeah, yeah. You remember when we used to use real citizens? Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Professor Boy, um, this whole sidekick class I hate. Not just okay. because it's unfair, but because the courses are so boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you're gonna be a sidekick, you might as well not even go to the school. You might as well be homeschooled. Because all you're doing is learning how to throw a net. 
I mean, I imagine and change the really sidekick quickly. class. I imagine the sidekick class is what Hufflepuffs do at Hogwarts all day. Ooh. No offense to any Hufflepuffs listening, listening out there. If you're not in Gryffindor or Slytherin, you're pretty much stuck in hero support class. Barely some Ravenclaws get in there. But that's because they're smart. The, the Ravenclaws the Ravenclaws are the teacher's assistants, like Gwen. Well, Gwen is evil, so that means she's Slytherin, yeah. obviously. I mean, so do you just want to get into it and talk about the similarities? I think we should. We can't beat around the bush Harry any longer. Harry Potter and, and, and Sky High. Um, before we talk about... um, Before we sort them into their houses, I think yeah. we should find parallels in characters. Um, we can go one by one, but I have a list. Will Stronghold is Harry Potter. Reasoning. It's not that hard to put two and two together. One, they're both the main character. Two, they seem to be the most famous teenager in their, I guess, superhero race. He's famous before he even goes there. Right, yeah. And, I mean, he's famous because of his parents, really. And Harry was kind of famous because of his parents, but in a different way. Layla, Hermione, these are just the two obvious ones. And the cliche one, so I want to get them out of the way. Layla just cares about standing up for what's right. And I remember when she was being sorted, she was like, I don't feel like I should show my powers because I don't want to I don't want to use them. I don't want to use violence for anything but for good. Or the sure. situation comes. And that was just so very like SJW <laughs> Hermione, like free the elves. Spew. Spew. And that she's very supportive and smart. She knows what she knows what she's doing. Ron Wilson, bus driver. I was torn. I was torn between two characters on this one, um, either Hagrid or Filch. But mm-hmm. I leaned more towards Filch because he's the equivalent of a squib. Yeah, yeah. I had that same thought. Yeah, Ron Wilson is a squib, but he's got till he falls into that vat of toxic waste. Yep. Now he's a, now he fights robots for the mayor yeah it's weird that whole city has constant robots attacking their city you well, think hey, they'd build robots to it's high school <laughs> but hey that's high school okay um how about warren warren peace oh man i didn't think about that one i mean i would feel like he's a. Uh, I mean malfoy i guess that's yeah, but he ends basic... up being good at the end. Malfoy gets, just gets ambiguous at the end. I feel like that's the closest match, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like Crab or Goyle. <laughs> <laughs> All-American boy. I get Peter Pettigrew, Peter Pettigrew vibes from him. Not because he was Magenta? evil. <laughs> she turns into the guinea pig. Okay, well, didn't think about that one, but... Just all American boy is obsessed with Lily and James, you know, Commander and Jetstream, but they don't really give him the time of day, and he ends up just talking about him all the time. And he's sort of a wimp. That's why he teaches sidekick class, because he's kind of a has been. That's kind of his glory days of of him yeah. actually working in the field, you know, with superheroes. But but you know what they say about teachers: those who can't do teach, and those who can't teach. Teach Jim. Nice. I said that in Ned's declassified voice. Ned's declassified school survival guide. Your results may vary. 
Great show. We should review that one day because I, I think that counts. I th- I feel like we could at least do the final episode and count that as a, like a TV movie. Yep, I'm 100 percent down with that. All right. <clears throat> Please. Anyway, uh, what was the teacher's name? The big brain guy. Medulla. Medulla. That was his name. Something Medulla. Mister Doctor Medulla or whatever. The evil scientist. Anyways, scientist. big brain boy. He reminds me of Snape. Because he doesn't really care about the students that much. And he's very smart and he knows what he's doing with science or potions. And he's very popular with the ladies when he goes on a double date with Coach Boomer. That's very true. What if I told (laughs) you it was her evil twin? Keep talking. (laughs) That was one of the worst green screen scenes. Because they were in the teacher's lounge and they were talking and stuff. And that was in the middle of the fight between Will and Warren. And Warren. And yeah. he shoots him through the wall. And he just, you, it's easily like the scaling of the proportions of the body size of the teachers were up front. And then Will getting thrown into the pillar in the teacher's lounge looked really small. <laughs> he looked <laughs> like he was nine. I don't know. I remember watching that on the behind the scenes back in the day. There's there is like some shots of them like crashing through walls and stuff. And I mean, I don't know if that scene had green screen, but I feel like they CGI the background for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. But they had like the fake walls and stuff. Like I always laugh because later it, on no, in the it movie, looked. I think it was green screen because they were looking in the general direction. They weren't looking straight at Will, which they would have yeah. if he was in the same room as them. There's a scene later in the movie when um, when Royal Pain's taking over the school and they kind of like split up and Will's like, I'm going to go save the world or whatever. And he just like turns and runs through like a set of lockers. <laughs> it's that like same effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> what about some what about some of his friends? Yeah, like Zach that. would be Ron because. OK, but not not Ron from the books, Ron from the movies. Kind of dopey. He's very dopey and stupid, always cracking jokes, but he seems to have a handle on the superhero world. Yeah. I mean, he, he embraces his power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I don't wonder. Okay, let's talk about Zach a little bit, because I thought as a second grader watching this movie, he was the funniest dude I've ever seen. Funniest of character of all time. But he's not. <laughs> He's he's funny, but he's not like as hilarious as I remember. He's like straight up wearing socks and sandals. Yeah, that was that, that was, was cringy. Cool. That was really cringy. <laughs> when I was watching it, I I kept thinking like this guy's like trying to do like a Shia LaBeouf, even Stevens character. Dude, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, but but not as good. Well, nobody can top Shia. I mean, watch watch even Stevens today, and it's still funny. Although he does mm. get like more obnoxious as the series goes on. True. True. I loved his confidence, Zach's confidence, yeah. even when he has, like, the worst power, like, even of the sidekicks. <laughs> I glow. Then there's the other guy that just, like, turns into a puddle. Yeah, he, he melts, which turned out yeah. to be more useful. I mean, Zach's only use was when they were in the vent, and he started glowing, but they were already halfway down the vent before he started glowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like... Where else are they going to go? Yeah. <laughs> they got walls on each side. Like, they're just going to go for it. I don't know I if they like, had to see. 
feel like every Disney children's film has a scene where kids are crawling through air vents. I've always wanted yep. to do that, but it's impossible. Air vents aren't you know, that big. That was another classic scene that's in a ton of movies that was in this movie. It was the classic, like, the kid, like, climbs out his bedroom window and sits on his rooftop. Yep. Yep. Stares another- up at the stars and... My parents uh, don't understand me. Yeah. I wrote that down. <laughs> and then his friend Layla just like happens to show up right at that moment and Which, by the way, to him. super stalker vibes from her. She just shows up out of nowhere. She just shows yeah, up in the morning up. on her way on their way to school. They're best friends though. Not from her perspective. Um the other the other sidekick was Magenta. All she does is turn into a guinea pig. It's kinda kinda lame. Cool in certain situations, I guess. When when someone's taking over the school, and you have this one situation where you have to chew the wires, and chew the wires, chew through the generator, which was like three <laughs> wires. It looked like it was three wires hot glued to a bop it toy. <laughs> and I love how chewing through that one wire just completely fixed the whole anti gravity thing. Yeah, but did it fix it? I thought that's what turned it off, right? No, no. They were falling, that's what... and then they chewed through it. Yeah, I don't even remember. Got to watch it again. So I, I've got a, I got a hot take about this movie. All right. As I was watching this movie, the main character, Will, kind of his looks and the way he ended up acting throughout the movie, he kind of reminded me of Greg Heffley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> And I was like, this is just like Diary of a Wimpy Kid meets high school meets superheroes. They got dunked into the vat of toxic waste, a.k.a. the cheese touch. <laughs> yeah, just like the way he acts where he's like, oh, he, he's trying to get popular. And when he gets popular, he kind of ditches his friends. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a total like Greg Heffley move. Yeah. It, it's that he just like never learns from and keeps doing. Only there's no solid rally so yeah that's rally is the the, best friend but i think a little bit um there's kind of that theme of like trying to live up to his his dad's expectations i think that's Mm -hmm. touched on in some of the wimpy kid movies but we'll get to that eventually (laughs) i did like at the beginning um seeing uh his like bedroom because there was a lot of like band uh posters Dude, up on the wall he had an aquabats poster yeah i was gonna say that i i knew that was there because i remember watching the the behind the scenes for this back in the day mm-hmm. and like one of the writers or the directors like in the interviews he's like wearing an aquabats t-shirt that i used to own <laughs> so i knew that there were fans uh but explain yeah. explain to the listener who the aquabats are and why we love aquabats them so much are an awesome uh 90s ska punk band still around today they're a bunch of like campy superheroes fighting crime and singing songs they had like a kids tv show (laughs) what it fits well with this movie because it's also a campy superhero movie yeah they're kind of have that inspiration of like the old batman movies like the 60s batman cartoon or um tv series but it works it works perfectly to fit in you know for this movie yeah (laughs) but I, i always love seeing like kids bedrooms and movies and seeing like what band uh, posters they have on the wall. I I did notice there was like a Weezer poster above the wall. Above the wall, on the wall. I only only saw the uh, Aquabats one. 
There was actually two different Hucklebats. One one was like an album cover, and then one was like a show poster or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a poster for the Get Up Kids, um, and I think there was one for Incubus. I didn't actually see the logo, but I saw like there was like this guy with a mustache, and I kind of recognized that from like one of their early albums. But anyway, that's some of the stuff I recognized on the wall. Yeah, I don't know if you picked out anything else, but. I'm glad you saw the Aquabats, though. <laughs> I mean, it was right. It's right. It's the biggest poster on the wall. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't recognize that on the on the wall back in the day. But yeah, I mean, I don't think we were fans back then, though. Yeah, uh, I feel like I saw this in like 2006, maybe. So oh, I don't right. think I'd gotten into them yet. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see this movie in theaters, but I remember getting. Yeah. It. I wanted to mention the the two previews that were before this. Did you watch them or just get past them? I skipped it. Oh, was it? It was the greatest game ever played. And yeah. something else. Uh, Glory Road. Or <laughs> Glory Road. They were both like sports, like inspired by, by true events movies. Yeah. I feel like Glory I Road seeing... was on every single preview of yeah. every single Disney movie for years. Yeah, that, that was on a lot of them. Glory Road. I feel like it wasn't that great either. <laughs> Uh, greatest game ever played was good, um, but at the end of the preview, it said, um, "Now available on DVD and PSP." Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny. You could buy this on PSP. <laughs> you remember HD uh, DVDs? Yeah, briefly. Basically, they were there for like a basically year. Basically, Blu-rays, but red. I did. I did read on Wikipedia that this was the first Disney movie to to not get a VHS release. Really? So, I mean, it was like 2005 or six by that time. So yeah, classic teen movie <laughs> tropes that I've noticed. Um, obviously, there's the one where he climbed out on his roof, stared yeah. up to the stars because he was misunderstood, standing up, one girl for another girl, classic douche move. Yeah. Then he gets roped into. A high school party slash rager. Right. By people who aren't even his friends. And then exactly. it gets out of hand. And it ends with a like a high school dance. Yeah, high school dance as the climax. Just the only thing we're missing is a Max Keeble style food fight. <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. Oh and uh shout out to Zach's dance moves at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. Stands Those out. Were... Okay. Zach was abnormally tall yeah i never noticed it but he's like six foot four and everyone else is under six feet they're like five (laughs) foot four yeah there were some scenes where he was barely out of the frame i noticed that they had to like tilt the camera sometimes to get them all in and that was like a director's choice i'm sure because every time there was one person on screen the camera was tilted for extra focus yeah, I think that was a stylistic thing. Those, I, I think it's called like Dutch angles or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like slightly tilted. But maybe that was just out of necessity because of Zach's character was like so tall. Maybe he had like a growth spurt in between, like landing the audition Probably. and <laughs> actually starting recording or filming the movie. Speaking of auditions, I read about the character, the guy that played Warren Peace, mm-hmm. which if you didn't catch the name. Like when you watch the movie War in Peace, little law on the nose, but still great. Which is kind of cool because his dad was a villain and his mom was a hero. Kind of says something about both of their character. 
that one of them's yeah. not 100% a hero or a villain. But it's kind of cool that their son is, they named him War and Peace together. War and Peace. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah. I read that, that he was like a former model, and he this movie was like his first like audition Lockett. ever. Yeah. He, this was his first audition ever, and he got it. Are you serious? Yeah. I was going to say, it shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Acting is not great. Definitely, you could tell he was a model because the stupid smoldering faces. After I found that out, I went online to see if like other people kind of like roasted like his acting, but actually a lot of a lot, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people like actually liked him and thought he was like really good. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. I thought he was good. I had no problems with him at all. Yeah. Uh, actually, he was the owner of the only good special effects in the movie. Because the fire coming out of his fists were the the only normal looking things. Everything yeah, else that looked, looked good. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, Lash and Speed, the bullies of the film. Ooh, what would they be in Harry Potter? We kind of went away from that. Slyther- Slytherin, Crab and Goyle, Crab and Goyle, Slytherin. Yeah, of course the of course the chubby one is <laughs> is the fast one. That's his superpower. That's very ironic. <laughs> I wonder how much he eats at lunch. It's probably filling up on all those hero sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I love that. In the in the lunchroom, they, uh, the cafeteria lady made an announcement, and it said, The cafeteria has specially requested for students to stop ordering hero sandwiches. One of many dumb puns and unnecessary puns that I just fell for as a kid. I would just, <laughs> oh, it's comedic gold when you're eight years old. Oh, man. Hey, that rhymed. So, uh, what did you think of the Save the Citizen scene? I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I still I thought, thought it was pretty cool. Obviously, still comic bookish, cartoonish. It's weird that their sports is, like, they don't have any sports there, but their sporting events is saving people. Yeah. And they're, they're timed, and it, it's weird that they're, they have to have a hero and a villain team. Yeah. And I think it would, uh, not be not have maybe they should have like dummies be the villains or like robots instead of like encouraging their kids to be <laughs> villains yeah because obviously like the bullies are there in the hero track mm-hmm. but they're just bullies and they're like always picking to be the villains so right. it's kind of this thing like are they training them <laughs> educating them and then using it for evil <laughs> yeah but there's no villain school. Maybe in the sequel we would have found out about a villain school. Maybe. You know those cutaway scenes where it's just like Royal Pain in full costume and they're... Oh, uh, looking like a Power Ranger? Yeah. The Power Ranger and the Jester, a.k.a. Dean Pelton. From Community. <laughs> uncle! Uh, uncle! They were, <laughs> they were just like... They, they hacked into the camera robot thing that they planted in the Secret Sanctum. And they were spying on them, and they were like talking about their diabolical plan in front of nobody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whenever they went out, whenever she came over for dinner, Gwen came over for dinner with her parents. He walked her home. And they were talking, and they were they walked him to the door, and then uh, Dean Pelton comes out. I don't know his name, but. Oh yeah, her, she, he like pretends to be her dad or whatever. To be her dad. <laughs> He's like not intimidating at all. 
And I don't know why, but he should know that he's Will Stronghold and that he could like destroy him <laughs> if he wanted to. I mean, he's not because he's a good guy and he's respectful. But yeah, my problem with that yeah. scene is that right after that, it cut back over to one of those scenes talking more about their diabolical plan. But oh, yeah. it's like 11 p.m. at night. And my question is, why would they change back into their costumes, full makeup and everything, just to plot their evil plans? For that, that like, That's cutaway right. shot where you see their silhouettes. And right, right. They're just talking. But they're in yeah. their full costume. And, like, it's, it's all I didn't think about time. that. <laughs> they get home. They change into their gear. And then explain the movie to the kids watching. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then change out. <laughs> Um, I with that scene, I did think that he had a funny line though when he answers the door, because like they're about to kiss or whatever. You're not that boy with the six arms, are you? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, Good. keep your hands to yourself, whatever. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of the villains, let's talk about her motives. Okay. Because they're pretty weird. Okay, so Sue Tenney, she actually went to school with Commander and Jetstream. Back in the day. Right. And then whenever... Um, well, basically, they defeated her back in the day. And I guess her weapon was her weapon back in the day, the pacifier. The pacifier. Like, but it backfired turning. on her. Okay. And she became a kid. And her reasoning for doing all this is because she was a technopath. And back in the day, they didn't really treat them as heroes. They were a sidekick. Right. So she wanted to get back at all the heroes whenever she grew up again just yeah. to take the heroes and turn them into villains. But that's like some commitment there. Like she's taking 150, 200 babies and raising them as her own just to become <laughs> villains. Like how is she going to do that? Yeah, that's like a long game. <laughs> I'm going to raise like a long hundreds of hundreds of kids. It's not even like if you have all these villains, they're just going to like take over you eventually. Like, I don't know why she wouldn't just, like, get her revenge by, like, just destroying them all and starting over. Like, it's like, all these people, how is she going to turn them into villains? They still have their memories. They know what she's doing. Yeah, if she had her memories, then... Because she still has, she still remembers all her past. Wow. <laughs> okay, movie is like, <laughs> unless she's going to brainwash them somehow. Oh, and by the way, the medulla guy can like still talk as a baby because he's got like a huge brain. Yeah, I may have <laughs> and regrettably, boom boom. I have made boom boom. Yeah, I mean, it, this is one of those movies where you can't really read into it too much, like we are. Yeah, because it kind of ruins the effect for you. If I were yeah. to, I I would understand. I do enjoy the twist, though. But yeah, it's like it's, I enjoy the twist of her being the villain at the end, but we all know um, that. Yeah, I, but. Her her plan itself isn't all that great, but no. by then it's the end of the movie. We just got to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I were, I, I I love this movie because I grew up with it, and it's definitely catered towards kids. This ne isn't necessarily enjoyable for an adult to watch. Um, but yeah, if I I'm definitely gonna show my kids this movie in the future, but. I think I think it's still enjoyable though being older though. I don't know. I think we're biased because we liked it as a kid. Well, for sure, but know, like I think it would suck. 
<laughs> I don't think it's that bad. It's very, very simple, and it's not very complex. I'm, I mean, you want to know what it's like a a bad movie that is revolving around like kids superheroes or whatever with powers. Zoom with Tim Allen. Oh. Like that is not good for an adult to watch. <laughs> no, that, this that's one is like. Bad. This is like way better than that. Wow that that is a blast from the past. <laughs> Zoom. And the villain in that is the kid from Airbud grown up. <laughs> I bet the effects in that is horrible too. Oh, for sure. But we're here to talk about Sky High. So the character, the character of like Ron Wilson. I just love him so much. Bus driver. Yeah, bus driver. That's his full name. He's great. I love how he, he comes back. Well, they, see, he was key to the movie because at, at the beginning, he reveals that he's one of the few people that knows the location of Sky High. Mm-hmm. So that's how Will finds the school later on when he goes to the dance to try and stop Royal, Pla- Royal Pain. But then that did get me thinking, like, okay, well, none of the other kids knew where it was. So did everyone take the bus to the dance? I think once you go to the school, you know where it is. Well, I they know they say at the beginning that it's always in motion to stop like villains from finding it, and so and that's why I he has to call Ron. That's why they have to call him at the end of the movie. I don't think Ron is the only bus driver, though. Well, sure, but because I'm just I saying, I noticed in some of the transition scenes, mm-hmm. uh, if just in a random window, you'd see the bus flying around in the middle of the day, which makes no yeah. sense because the bus isn't there. Oh, and then there's that scene at the beginning where they're they're going to school for the first time, and they like after they pick everyone up, they veer off onto that closed ramp mm-hmm. and like speed up to like take off and fly to school. AKA just, like, the equivalent to platform nine and three quarters. Yes, the the flying car. <laughs> but but the invisibility booster must be faulty. Invisibility <laughs> boosters are faulty. <laughs> Your hands are sweaty. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets puberty voices were the worst. <laughs> I went through puberty twice for this. Oh, man. But yeah, the, I did not see any kind of invisibility booster on that bus. So, like, ad, people had to have seen that taken off Especially and flying through the sky. Bus, it's bright and yellow, and it's going <laughs> off of an overpass with no end. And it falls. Right. So people probably called the police if they see it. I mean, it's on the interstate. Yeah. <laughs> Someone probably saw one of those stickers on the back, like, how's my driving? And they call and reported him. We can't really read too much into it again. Because it is not a perfect movie. There are some perfect sure. movies. But this one is not. Still enjoyable. But. Yeah. You know who else isn't perfect? I feel like the parents like aren't that good. No, like no. You really, can't really blame. You can't really like blame Will for the way he acts and stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're like so like selfish and like self absorbed. I guess they're especially so his about dad. themselves. Especially his dad. His dad. Even his mom too. Some, but mm-hmm. no. Nah, but they came around in the around the middle. Like once he came yeah. out to him as a sidekick. he was like upset about it but then he did some thinking and they're like you know what we can still be the stronghold three he can always do real estate it's like we'll fight side by side by side he he wasn't completely self-absorbed 
with himself. I mean, yeah. he was like, yeah, we're still family no matter what. I just wish we could all be superheroes. But well, I mean, makes sense. I that, understand that yeah. as a dad and to develop an ego like that, and it makes mm-hmm. sense. Maybe it makes sense why Kurt Russell later plays Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, which um, is also a Disney movie. Yeah. Yo, what if Will Stronghold is actually Peter Quill? So what you're saying is Will Stronghold and everyone in this movie are going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Yes, with Thor. The Asgardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> if that's not the name of Thor 3, I mean, no, if that's not the name of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> Which we'll is see. a lie because it's a Marvel movie. I'm going to see it, but it needs yeah. to be called the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Um, I think to contrast with like Will's parents, though, there's there's um, Warren, whose parents, well, I guess I don't really remember what they say about his mom. But his dad is his like in died. jail and stuff, right? His mom, his mom died. died. Yeah. And his, his dad is like in jail. It's like known he's like a villain. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of one of the themes of the movie is kind of like not being defined by your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of making um, your own identity. Will has to come to terms with that. All he wants to be is a hero, but he kind of like comes to terms with like before he gets his powers of like, well, I'm a sidekick. And. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm perfectly content being a sidekick, you know. And he's also kind of, like, speaking of the superhero stuff, he kind of has his own secret identity with his parents. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Because he's kind of pretending that he has powers, but he doesn't. Yeah. One of the lines that I pulled out from his dad was, all I ever wanted from him was to save the world. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Yeah. I love that line. That is good. <laughs> and yeah, with like Warren, like his parent, his dad was like a villain, but, and he's still, he's kind of like throwing off those kind of like villain vibes throughout the movie. But mm-hmm. in the end, you know, he's good. And he, oh, he, yeah. he, he ends up being a hero in the end. Um, and another, another thing, I guess, another thing to, to, to take away from this movie, I guess, is that everyone is talented in their own way. Yeah. You see like all the, all the sidekicks kind of have their own, they have like very specific power and it all it all comes together in the end. They all work together and defeat Royal Pain, but Yeah. Oh, at the party, here's another thing. Jetstream must be the fastest traveler of all time. Because she brings home pizza from Italy for dinner. But yeah. also at the party when they come home, um she says your father and I fly to Europe for two hours, and you decide to throw a party? Yeah. The party looked like it was going on for at least two hours. I would not have thrown that if my parents could get back in time, go there, go back in two hours. Well, they said they came back early. Right? They came back early, but, still, but like, shouldn't it take more than two hours? Yeah. If you knew that it would take them, like, if they could get home that quick, you probably would not oh. <laughs> even risk it. Um, okay, so this movie also didn't really seem like... It seemed more of a Nickelodeon movie than a Disney movie to me. Hmm. Hot take. Yeah, uh, I could see that. You could see this on Nickelodeon. It would be more of a Nickelodeon movie than it would be a Disney film. Just because I get more... Has like the director worked on any other um projects 
for Nickelodeon. Before that, I mean, now I, he does mostly Disney stuff, but he was the director on Shrek Forever After. Okay, the third best he did, Shrek movie. He did the Lego Movie Two. He did Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. Oh, not not a great track track record. He likes to steal sequels or sequels. He so he hasn't really he's worked more like with like DreamWorks and other studios mm-hmm. than he has uh, Disney. So maybe that's because maybe that's why it has Disney a different movie feel. Has its own like essence that it just has. Yeah, you get it. Well, like the casting, the casting. I mean, a lot of the the teachers are like older actors, kind of recognizable faces and comedians and stuff. But as far as the kids go. I think the only one that was in any kind of Disney Channel thing was Danielle Panabaker. Layla. Yeah, this was her start. Yeah, I think. Well, I think she did a Disney Channel movie before this. Oh, what was that? Um, something about mail uh, or something. Like read it and weep or something yeah, read like it and that. Weep. Either that was right before this or right after. I don't remember. I remember her being but a other... big Disney Channel star, but she wasn't in any of the shows. Ooh, here, here's the. Nostalgia bomb. You remember the uh, Disney Channel games? Yeah. Oh, good stuff there. <laughs> what the made Olympics you think of that? Kids. I don't know. I, I feel like she was, it, she was Disney probably Channel. in one of the. I think it only did that for two summers, but I have a feeling yeah, she was. Those were good. Channel games at one point, but she wasn't on a show then, or anything. But then again, that was Disney trying to do like a Nickelodeon, like Nick Gas type thing. Right, yeah, but I don't know. I was obsessed um, with the channel back in the day, like every other kid was. I mean, yeah, it was like a reality TV show for the the celebrities. <laughs> the beginning <laughs> of reality TV before they grow up and go off the deep end. the The main character, like he wasn't in um, like Disney movies, really. I think Nick, the guy that played uh, Zach, uh, Zach, he was in that Minutemen movie. I remember that. That was a Disney Channel movie, right? From How to Eat Fried Worms. Yeah. And Jason Dolly from... Corey in the House. <laughs> Corey Which in the House. needs to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a shame. Corey in the House is better than That's So Raven. Changed my mind. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> Do you want to talk about some of the reviews for this movie? Do you have any Karen reviews? Yeah, I've got, I got one. So, going to my trusty common sense media. Uh, but yeah, here's our here's our Karen review for this week. She gives this movie a rating of one star out of five. Boo. She says, terrible, not appropriate for kids. <laughs> um, she says, you have to be nine and up in order to watch this movie. Too bad, I was seven. So the review says, I'm always looking for nice movies for our family to watch together. Something my husband and I can like as well as our daughters, eight and five. I read the reviews for this movie and it sounded great. Started okay, but then it just got terrible. I should have turned it off, but I thought that the sexy stuff and teen romance would lessen rather than become the focus. This movie makes being a teen look like it's all about kissing, betrayal, teen romance, bullying, and faking romance to make someone jealous. I mean, she's got him there. Hmm. And then there's the part where the main character says, Ew, I made out with an old lady. (laughs) 
She says, made out is not a term I want my kids knowing or saying right now. Horrible movie. It's for 13-year-olds, but they wouldn't like it because it's meant for a younger audience. Basically, not a good movie for anyone. Yeah, she knows a lot about demographics and target markets. So yeah, that's the Karen review for this week. Well, I mean... As far as like Rotten tomato go, Tomatoes go, um, this one actually surprised me a little bit. It has a, it has a decent score. It's like in the 70s. The critics rating is 73%. Which isn't, isn't bad. Actually, I thought it would have been, maybe could have been worse. Huh. But the audience score is lower, 57. Really? That's that, a first. That kind of surprised me. Usually, I thought it would be the other way around. Me as a critic was tearing this movie apart. I would have given this movie <laughs> like a 20 <laughs> as a critic. But as yeah. an audience member, I would have given it like a 70 or an 80. Yeah. I mean, as far as my my personal I don't know, ranking of it. I I mean, I would still put it like in the 70s, I guess. I feel like it's dead on. I enjoy it. There were no standout foods. Actually, how about there's a, as far as a food, here's a contender maybe. When he's in the nurse's office and she's explaining the like superhero parent and oh, the non-superhero the parent. Looks and so she good. holds up the lollipop. That's true. That, that is it. That's for sure it. Man. That's the best tasting looking food in this movie what flavor do you think that was uh it's probably a purple flavor purple flavor <laughs> but also i feel like you have to have the tongue depressor along with it to get the really like wood grain taste yeah with the lollipop yeah i agree with that that, that that's like the only standout food <laughs> mm, it's pretty scrumptious do you have any other favorite quotes that you haven't mentioned throughout the pod? Yes. Uh, number one. Is that your power? Butt kissery? <laughs> Boomer said that. Um, way to glow, Zach. And the sidekicks. Um, I mean hero support. Only times 5,000 because they said that a million times. <laughs> I eat lunch. <laughs> I eat lunch. Oh my gosh. I made out with an old lady. Yeah, that's a great one. Not according to Karen, but... The rest of them were just kind of just puns and poorly timed dialogue and not really quotable for me. Um, the, the, the one that, that I thought was really funny at the beginning when they're getting on the bus, uh, Will comes in and he sits right next to Zach and he's like, Zach, so how, how, was, so how was your summer? And, and Zach is like, dude, I'm not going to lie. It was tough. T-U-P-H, dog. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he says it so fast and everything. I like, I like barely caught it and I thought it was so funny. He has no shame. Zach is pretty much the chicken Joe of this movie, yeah. but not, not as good. He tries to be funny when he's not. Who do you think I am, Wonder Woman? Oh yeah, we didn't mention that. That that was a cameo from Wonder Woman herself. Yep. Also, another one, another good quote was whenever Magenta turned into the uh, guinea pig and she was going through the uh, the vent, <laughs> Zach turns to the the melting kid and it's like, oh, look at her. Look at the way she runs. Her cute little legs. <laughs> like he's attracted to a guinea pig. <laughs> so, of course, the best line of the entire movie is the last line of the entire movie. And that's, it's just so iconic. But it, it goes, so in the end, my girlfriend became my arch enemy. My arch enemy became my best friend. My best friend became my girlfriend. But hey, 
That's high school. It's the most rock, paper, and scissors. credits. <laughs> most rock, paper, scissors <laughs> line. I said scissors, like lizards. Who are you, are you the lizard wizard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the listener hates our dialogue because all we do is talk in random movie quotes that no one have no no one else has seen. We talk about we talk about one movie and then we quote the other. It's very confusing. But yeah, the, that's an iconic line. Cut to Bowling for Soup song credits. But yeah, Bowling for Soup covering the. Uh, I'll melt with you. Best cover. That's a great song. Uh, I'm a fan of Bowling for Soups. So always, uh, I liked that cover. Like as soon as I heard it back in the day. Yeah. Um, I do have things to say about that music video, though. Go for it. I'm that music video that. is that music video is cringy. <laughs> if you've seen it, there's a video. There's a music video for I Melt with You. Is and it after it's the on the DVD or it's just special features? No, it's just on the special features, and you can look it up on YouTube, obviously. But it's just like a typical music video where the band is like playing the song, and then it cuts to like clips of the movie, like interspersed throughout the the story. But it has this like side story of like near the end of the song, like like some of the students like hear them playing because they're playing inside the school, mm-hmm. and the and the um. Will's friend Magenta like comes and like sees sees them playing like through the door and she's like watching and <laughs> and then like then all of a sudden like her and the entire school just like st- comes like storming into the auditorium where they're playing the song. So then like at the very end, he has this like switch on his guitar that like pauses everything and everyone freezes except for him and this Magenta high school girl and this like grown man. Big <laughs> And that it's like implied that like oh they get together or something after that. <laughs> There's like this like romantic thing. He just stole Zach's girl. I know. They could have easily had Zach was... be the front man for bowling for soup. That would have been even better. Well, Jeremy, it's been a great episode. Why don't you tell the people at home where they can find us? So since we we just recently released this podcast, so uh, right now, as of right now, we only have an Instagram account. And we have an email address. Email address is insidequotescast at gmail.com. So if you want to hop on over to Instagram and give us a follow, you can find us at insidequotescast, all one word. Um, So yeah, that would just mean the world to us if you could just give us a follow and, I don't know, maybe comment on some of our posts. When we post something. When we post something. Uh, (laughs) So what are we doing next week? It's your turn. Well, next week I have decided on a great movie, and it's about a young boy. His name is Hen 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 Re 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 Ro 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 Win 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 Gardner Ner 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 Ner. That's your hint. That's your hint. <laughs> okay, People I know exactly what that is. You know what it is. <laughs> we'll see if everyone else knows what it is. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to next week. Because this is a great movie. It's going to be up there. It's going to be one of our first sports movies we've covered. Yeah, for sure. So we'll look forward to doing this again next week. Until then, I've been Jeremy. And I'm Jonathan. We'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. <laughs>